Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we'll be shining a light on reacting to rejection with Jonathan Javier. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for coming. So to start, can you just give us a brief introduction of who you are? Yeah. So my name is Jonathan. I graduated from University of California, Riverside about three years ago. It feels like it's been a long time, but it hasn't been yet. But yeah, I come from a Filipino background, Filipino descent. I've had the chance of working at some of the big corporate companies, including Snapchat, Google, and then Cisco. It's been a journey of, as we say about the topics about rejections, but through the different adversity, the challenges, I was able to make it into these companies without even ever applying to them. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of that insight today, and hopefully it'll be valuable to your listeners. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I'm glad that you mentioned the big names that you've been a part of because the fact that you have gone through those companies and you're here talking about rejection, I think is like very refreshing. So Mm. thank you for being here. Of course, of course. Just to get started here, rejection, I think, is something we all face sometimes every day in some way, shape or form. So what are some of your most notable experiences with rejection in terms of your career journey? And what were some lessons you learned from those? Yeah, so when I was in college, I still remember I was applying to all these different roles at these different companies that I really wanted to get into. Yeah, I kept getting these emails or these messages I kept saying, unfortunately, we've decided to, which I already knew for a fact that was gonna be a simple rejection email. Mm-hmm. Then I realized, Rejection is really simply redirection if you react to it in the right way. And there is no such thing as rejection if you don't ever step down from failure. So what I always tried to do is every time I failed, I looked at the different successes that could happen potentially later on in my career. And how I did that was I changed my mindset, but then I changed my strategy. I realized when you come from a non-target school, a non-traditional background, which is which Wonsulting is all about, you are able to ultimately work hard, but then you have to strategize exactly how to get to where you want to be. How I changed those rejections was basically number one, utilizing LinkedIn to get all my jobs and all my speaking engagements. And that's how we actually connected from LinkedIn. All right. So that's one part. Number two utilizing my connections and asking for help. I think what's very important in this day and age is to ask for help because what I say all the time is if you never ask, you never know. And if you never ask, the answer is always no. But I think that's also what happens and comes from the background, specifically Filipino culture, where the culture is you don't ask for help, usually from strangers, when in reality, you should. Because the worst thing that could happen is they say no, or they don't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. That's how I was basically able to kind of bounce back from rejection. I just changed my mindset. Instead of saying, I got rejected from this role, I'm never going to get there ever again. I said, I got rejected from this role once. Now I have another chance to get there in the future. And that's what I'd recommend to anybody who's trying to change their mindset, especially coming from rejection. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Were there any particular roles that you got rejected from that you sort of bounced back, you tried something different and then it worked out? Yeah, so two roles actually. Number one, my first time interviewing at Google, which was my dream company at the time because I made it to the final round for a strategist role. I used all these different tactics to get there. And then unfortunately I just wasn't able to get the offer, which is totally fine. But I realize it's not because of my work ethic, but it's sometimes things that you can't control. 
I think what happens is we blame ourselves for the final round processes and we're not able to get to where we want to be, but it's sometimes not even your fault. So I realized that a lot of things aren't in your control, but you have to do your best to do the things that you are in control of that'll make you a better candidate. So that's when I, when I got the chance to interview at Google, I was sure to, of course, do extremely well on it and go all out. I talk about the strategies on LinkedIn. I called their customer support office because I knew that that's the specific industry I was kind of interviewing for, talk with them, the sales strategist to pretend that I was an ads customer and then mirrored the questions or mirrored the answers in my interview. And then just started to network like crazy in regards to that. So that's how I actually was able to get into Google because I basically made a LinkedIn post about me leaving Snapchat and then I was able to get my foot in the door through there. And then another one that really stung from before was LinkedIn because I always use LinkedIn all the time. And I remember I was interviewing LinkedIn and I made the final round again too. And I honestly thought I got it because the recruiter was like, oh, I'd love to give you a call and uh, tell you some of the news that we've received. So I assumed it was a, I assumed, right? I I assumed, I was like, wow, they're giving me a call to give me good news. So that's what I thought. But unfortunately, the recruiter said it wasn't good news, which is totally fine, right? But the thing is, what came from that was an article an article which I wrote and it had over a million views. It had 10,000 likes on LinkedIn, which was crazy. That's what actually helped me make my next move too and network with so many different people. So you see what Mm -hmm. I mean? Especially with the roles that you're trying to get into, go all out and don't just see it as rejections. We just had an example of this for consulting with Forbes. Uh, I mean, we haven't heard back if we got accepted or rejected yet. But I know for a fact that it would make a great story if we got in, but it would also make a good story if we didn't get in. So that's what I always look at, especially with rejections. And as I said before, you're never rejected if you never see it as failure. You'll keep going and keep pushing until you reach that success that you deem for yourself. Yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing those stories. And Mm -hmm. I think so far you've reflected on sort of reacting to these rejections for the long term and thinking about your next step in terms of a different company. But do you have any advice for students for how they should immediately respond to rejection, if at all? Yeah. So a couple pieces of advice. Number one, you didn't get rejected because of who you are. A company doesn't know exactly who you are. That's the thing, right? The system might reject you, but It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It just might mean that someone else is more qualified, which is totally fine. So use that as motivation to do even better than you are for your next interviews, whether it's at that company or another one. So that's one piece of advice I have. Number two, if you get rejected, honestly, just be thankful. Thank your recruiters and thank every single person who helped you prepare for that interview. Why I say this is because the same recruiter who rejected me or received the news that I got rejected by LinkedIn is the same recruiter I stay in touch with. And she partners with consulting to recruit students now. So that's why I tell people all the time, it's very important to maintain those relationships with the recruiters that you connect with because you never know later on where they might end up or you never know where yourself might end up. So that's the second part. And then last but not least, if you get rejected, just know it's not the end of the world, especially right now in a time of a pandemic and a time where people are getting laid off and foreloaded. The opportunity to interview is a blessing. 
So always count your blessings and always know and be thankful for the opportunities that come your way. But that's why I stress all the time. Once you get that opportunity, you have to go all out, whether it's in regards to making a project before it and showing it to the recruiters, whether it's going to go buy a Yoda AirPods case, which I talked about today in my LinkedIn <laughs> post, because you know the other interviewer likes Star Wars. Just be you, but make sure that you go all out and you don't leave anything on the table. Yeah. Very good advice. And that's a very cool full circle LinkedIn uh-huh. story. Very interesting. So switching gears a little bit, I think we all have our own role models that we looked up to because of how they persevered through challenges or they overcame obstacles, which is a little ironic because I do think a lot of people are hard on themselves when they face obstacles or when they fail or get rejected in some sense. But who are your role models and what is it about their stories or stories of failure or rejection that you admire? Yeah, so I have a couple of role models. I mean, number one is my parents, especially my mom. She is very close to me. She's a role model to me because, of course, she comes from the Philippines. But also, she just instills the character and values that I exhibit today, specifically with helping others. I think she's very good with helping others. And she's actually the only one who's worked in my family for the past 30 years to provide for my brother and my sister and myself. So just her hard work and perseverance is an exact replica of what I hope to exemplify in the future and to this day. So that's one thing about my parents or about my mom, especially my dad too, as well. My dad actually didn't have a college education, but he always strived to do the best that he could for his children, AKA me and my brother and my sister. So my dad was the one who instilled in regards to working hard because he played basketball all the time. And I love basketball, not just because I'm Filipino, but because I love basketball. (laughs) It's a good sport. It's a good sport. (laughs) So yeah, that's the, my parents. Number two, I really like, and this is a very, as people say, controversial, not really controversial, but people sometimes just don't like how he words things. I like Gary Vee a lot, mainly because he's just the realest out of anybody meaning he's not going to BS anything that he says. He just says things straight up without caring about what other people say. And I think that's very important, especially if you're trying to get into your career and you're trying to do things that no one else is doing. I think what happens is we conform to society norms in which people will be affected about what others think of them. So for example, I still remember, and this happened to me all the time too, I was so inept in regards to a person saying something bad about me or saying something that was different than my opinion. But then I realized that in life, there are people who have different opinions of you. doesn't mean that they're bad people, it just means that they have different opinions. And the thing is, are you gonna be looking like, oh, I'm super affected by that opinion or are you gonna utilize that as motivation to keep going? So that's why I really like Gary Vee because he instilled that mindset into me in which that some people aren't going to like you, but some people will. And some people aren't going to like you for no reason because of success, Mm -hmm. right? But are you going to deem yourself unworthy because of that? Or are you just going to keep going and doing things that you've always wanted to do? So those are three people that I find as role models. And I think those basically those three people are are ones that I, I really look up to. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. Switching gears a little bit again, just to talk a little bit about online presence, especially these days. I think that social media in general is kind of known as 
like a perfect world or a perfect image of someone, or that's what it typically was in the past. So we often see like a filtered version of others online and this rejection free version of people often turns people away from platforms like LinkedIn or Instagram even because they know that they're not seeing the whole story. And so I think people get discouraged a lot of the time. So why do you think it is that people avoid sharing their rejections? Yeah, I think people avoid sharing their rejections because all they see on social media is successes and people basically kind of flexing a little bit. (laughs) And I'll say this in a nice way because I just think that social media just depicts only successes and people feed off of likes and engagement which I actually really don't like. And the reason why I say this is because Mm -hmm. I sometimes, and I'm just, just to be transparent, I sometimes feel this way when people like my stuff, like I get a hundred likes in 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so good about myself, right? Mm -hmm. But then sometimes when I make the best post, it'll get a hundred likes in two hours, which is totally fine. But I think what's wrong is that we conform to what other people think so much that it's dependent, our happiness is dependent on others. And that's why I've been trying to kind of avoid that. And I feel like that's why people don't post about the rejection stories because they feel like they have to be perfect. They have to get that job that they were specifically going for. They have to have a happy life when reality doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always encourage people to share their rejection stories because number one, there's a lot of people who relate to those stories. It's just that they're scared too. But are you going to be the first one to share that story so that you can inspire and empower other people to share their own as well? That's why I share my story, because I know for a fact that many people are going through the experience. The only thing is nobody wants to share it because they're worried. They're scared about different opinions. For me, I don't really mind different opinions. I encourage them. Like for my post, which is on October 8th, I had some people on my comments were like, this guy just used Star Wars to get a job. And I was like, yeah, I did. I mean, I like Star Wars. (laughs) So, I mean, people just shouldn't be scared to post. Because the worst thing that can happen is someone has a different opinion, which is going to happen. Best thing that can happen is you build a community and you're able to connect with more people in that community who become not just connections, but friends. Yes, that's a great point. And I feel like I've noticed this too, where I post things like maybe a new job role or something, and it just gets a lot of attention. I think people are like, ah, she made it to this next chapter. It's a societal norm thing too. Like she made it to this chapter, she did it. And I'll post about something I really care about or maybe a failure I faced and it won't get as much attention, but it just feels more important to me as like a human. Uh It's interesting. And I don't know if you noticed this or if you have thoughts on this, but I feel like I'm seeing a shift, especially on LinkedIn of just people being more human. Are you noticing this at all? Maybe it's just my my network. Yes, 100%. I think people are feeling more comfortable about posting, about engaging with other people's content, or just about being their authentic self, which is great. I think it's incredible and amazing to say the least that people are doing this. The one thing that I tell people though, is just don't get caught up on the amount of engagement or likes that your post gets. Why I say this is because I talk with students all the time and they're always like, Jonathan, my post only got 10 likes, Right. right? And I'm like, okay, that's, totally fine, right? 10 people like your posts, right? But then they'll always get super happy. They're like, oh my gosh, my post got a thousand likes, but I don't have a Mm -hmm. job yet. 
right? What I tell people all the time is, would you rather get likes on a post or would you rather get a job in your dream company? Obviously, the job in your dream company, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, I think people are just getting super comfortable with posting, which is amazing. Just be sure that people listening, especially today, you're, you're posting to actually post something. Don't just post something just to post. Because if you do, you're just going to burn out. And then you're going to think that you need to post every single day to get validation from other people about your work. When in reality, you don't need any validation from anybody. You validate yourself and you validate your own successes. And I think that's a very important piece of everything. You validate your own successes. Society does not tell you what is success. You are able to tell yourself what success is. Success could be working at a McDonald's, right? Maybe success is working at Mm -hmm. Facebook, which is fine too, or working at a startup. No one should be based off the company that they work for, but the character that they exhibit. That's why I stress all the time to anybody I speak to. Yeah, I love that a lot. And what you're saying about the 10 likes, it kind of reminds me of like OG Instagram days. I don't even know how old we were back then, but (laughs) it was just very important to everyone to get as many likes as possible and things like that. And now that sort of like building your brand and your presence on LinkedIn has become more popular these days, I do see this sort of mindset returning. So I'm glad you said that about staying true to yourself and and you define sort of who you want to exhibit to the world. Yeah. And I was going to say too, it's okay if you feel that way in regards to likes and engagement. Mm-hmm. I honestly get some lapses where I'm like, oh, wow, I guess so, I have this many likes on a post is awesome. I still get those lapses, but just know that it's very important to not just focus on that, but just focus on the impact that you're making rather than yes. the likes that you're getting. Yes. So I know you, you mentioned this article earlier, but I read your article on rejection as many other people did. And in the article, you mentioned the importance of staying positive when faced with rejection, which obviously can be very difficult. So how do you recommend students to do this, especially right now during recruiting season? Yeah, stay positive. It's very important to be with people who are also positive. I think that's why you see a lot of communities and groups that are being created, because that is the support system that everybody needs during these times, especially during a pandemic. And that's why I encourage everybody, if you have an idea or if you have a something that you want to create in regards to a company or organization, now is the time to do it. Because if you fail, so what? Go blame the pandemic. But if you succeed, you could create a company that could be on your resume. So that's why you see a lot of these, honestly, not to toot my own horn, but I see a lot of different organizations creating their own companies throughout LinkedIn. Like you see Product Buds, Mm -hmm. you see TechPod, you see all these different ones that are doing absolutely incredible work. I think consulting has played a huge factor, especially for each of these organizations growing and developing, but that's a good thing, right? People always ask me all the time, like, what do you think about these organizations? I actually love them a lot because they're doing something in the world that's gonna keep impacting it and keep going. But just to tie this all in together, the reason why I talk about these organizations is because if you get rejected from a role, or if you don't have experience in a specific field or skill that you need experience in, go make that experience. No one dictates your experience. No one just says, hey, Jonathan, this is your experience. I'm giving you this. You can go make your own. Mm -hmm. And if you make your own, that could lead to your dream opportunity in the future. Yes, definitely this sudden upbringing of a bunch of online communities, I think has been super impactful, at least to people in in my network. And so it's really great to see people coming together in -hmm. in this time, especially. Almost a blessing in disguise, I think. Another question I have for you as I've been thinking throughout this conversation is, do you think that rejection is avoidable? 
Honestly, I don't think you can avoid it. You have to get it rejected at least once, right? Unless you come from a place of extreme privilege where, example, your parents or someone in your family literally just hands you a job at Google and says, hey, here you go. You can work at Google now, mm-hmm. right? But I think rejection has to occur, especially with every single person who's going through the career and job journey, because what's going to happen is a lot of students and professionals and people who are seeking jobs don't know exactly how the system works because the system doesn't tell them how it works. So for example, like if you attend a target school, like one of the Harvards of the world, you're obviously going to be able to apply to roles and get interviews, which makes sense. But if you go from a non-target school or you come from a non-traditional background, it's sometimes more difficult, but you simply are going to keep applying to roles due to nobody telling you that you should get referred. And that's why I always encourage people to get referred rather than simply applying so you can get into the pool of applicants that will actually get their resume looked at rather than just going to into a black mm-hmm. hole. So that's what I say all the time. Rejection, it's not avoidable. I mean, you can attempt to avoid it, but it's good to fail fast, but then learn fast. Yes, definitely. And I also think rejections, taking them in, it just makes success so much sweeter when you actually get it. Right. You don't take those for granted. Exactly. So my last sort of thought or question for you is, do you have any last words of wisdom for probably students or young professionals listening in about reacting to rejection? Yeah. So what I'd say, if you get rejected from a company or a role, tell your mentors about it. Tell people about it. Just be transparent. Just say, yeah, I got rejected from my dream role at, I don't know, Deloitte. Because then people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. But then you go ask them for help. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's super important because I feel like people exhibit imposter syndrome due to them not getting into the job or getting rejected. Then they say, oh, I'm not good enough to work at any company. When in reality, it's only one company. And it might be a company that didn't even look at your resume because you just simply applied. That's why I say, number one, don't apply, get referred. I mean, apply to a role, but if you can get referred, get referred. Number two, ask for help. Ask anybody for help. The worst thing that can happen is they literally say no or they just ignore you, which is totally fine because some people get busy or some people just don't want to help. Number three, reach out, but ultimately join a community where you are able to have a voice, but also meet awesome people who could help you not only in your career, but just in life in general. So I'd say those three things are extremely important. I mean, I hopefully want something exhibits those different things and can help more underdogs turn into winners. Yes, I would say you guys do, for sure. (laughs) I and many others. Hope so. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me, Jonathan. Great chatting with you, as always. Mm -hmm. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. I just want to say that you're doing some amazing work, especially from one Filipino to another. So everybody, if you want to connect with me, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Yes. (laughs) To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together. See you next time. See you all.